Yeah, it's so good. It's so bad that it's good. That is the wrong answer, actually. <laughs> it's just a wild romp. I am feeling this. Yeah, yeah, yeah! All of them! What are you talking yourself into? I'm trying to talk myself into that. This is what this podcast is for. We're also trying to talk you into it. Thank you for listening to Talk Me Into, the podcast where a group of friends try to talk each other, and maybe even you, me, into liking what we like. Oh. On this episode, it's Star Wars Rebels. Ooh, spicy. My name's Dan, and I collect statues of droids. <laughs> My name is Jeff, and I am the singer for a 12-second song in Dan's old band when freedom dies. My name is Jimmy, and on my 13th birthday, I watched all three Terminator movies because it was a snow day. <laughs> cute. It's a good snow day to have. Yeah. It was my birthday. It was cute. So yeah, uh, my old band just did a reunion show. Yeah. Jimmy was, was there. I was there. I filmed it. And to complete the podcast triumvirate, Jeff was there. I was there, and I blew out my voice, which is why I sound kind of weird in five episodes, five halves of episodes <laughs> that you'll be listening to from Springsteen to... Well, I don't know. I don't know. I was trying to think how um how did that whole thing start with you doing that song? I don't so Dan's band has a twelve second song called Sucker Punch. Yeah. And you know, it's got a handful of lyrics and for whatever reason I would go to their shows all the well, I would go to their shows all the time because they're my friends and they were a good band. Um for whatever reason they just thought it would be funny if they invited somebody from another band up to sing the song. It's twelve seconds, that's the joke. <laughs> um it starts out with uh a snare bah, 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 bah. so that's my cue so then it evolved into you do the song you leave the stage seth the drummer would do that dave the singer would throw the microphone at me and i would have to sing it and it, it got to the point where it was like eight times in a row <laughs> and i'm like, with and i'm not a singer so i don't have the voice so i actually this was wednesday we're recording saturday now i blew out my voice for doing the song twice. So 24 seconds of singing, <laughs> I blew up my voice. I but he does go all out in those 24 oh, seconds. Oh, yeah. And like, I, I don't practice that. So yeah, this my is voice a hardcore is, band. My voice is scratchy. And um, my voice was totally gone Wednesday on the ride home. I was talking to my wife. I was like, did you have fun? Because it was her first punk show. Which <laughs> and was she was like, funny. no. <laughs> she yeah, did not have It was fun. very funny. Well, I introduced her to a lot of old yeah. friends and stuff. Um, And then Thanksgiving was the next day. I had a rowdy time. And then... Uh, child of divorce which is dope because you get two holidays so i had uh, another thanksgiving on friday my voice is just shot now we've been talking for two hours already like we're just recording and we got another hour or so to go so my voice is figgity messed up um dan your statues though one of the things i remember about meeting you was that in your bedroom you had uh statues i think they're up here now aren't they? yeah they're right behind yeah you. you had those statues just like chilling yeah next to your tv there's a c-3po i like the c-3po holding, yeah, he's holding up so those leg. aren't even the ones that i reference those are my original statues yeah the ogs but you have a gonk droid too right the yeah which you picked one? up for me so yeah. now i collect which i'm really mad because i heard they're discontinuing the series this disney store exclusive action figure series called elite star wars yeah, yeah. and they're made of titanium and the I don't Grievous one is awesome. I wish. Well, I had here's that. the thing. I don't like any of the ones that are like humans because their faces look real bad. Mm -hmm. But any of the like the droids look dope. That's how I am with pop figures. I hate the style, but mm -hmm. like BB-8 pop is cool. And like robots like a Dalek is cool. <laughs> Things that aren't humanoid, I think, are pretty neat. They're yeah. Fun. So I have uh, <coughs> I have R2-D2, C-3PO, BB-8, 
I have a gonk droid, which is my favorite droid. Right. I have um do I have Do you P- have the C three PO? Do you have C three PO from the Last Jedi with the red arm? Um that's Force Awakens. Force Awakens but yeah, yes, sorry. I do. Cool. And I'm trying to remember what else I have. Oh, I have the the red R two unit or the R three unit from A New Hope that burns out its mm-hmm. its uh mm-hmm. motivator. Do you have that's Chopper from Star Wars Rebels? No, I don't think they made that in that series. How do they know about Chopper if we haven't watched it yet? I don't know. <laughs> it's <just> culture. <laughs> um, and I have one other one. Oh, uh, the guy from Rogue One, which I can't remember his name right now. K2SO. Yeah, K2SO. Yeah. I wanted to get PZ4CO, but they didn't make him either. Ah. Jimmy, did you see the new Terminator? We're just going round table. Let's <laughs> do it. Who cares? Yes, I did see the new Terminator. Opinions? Eh. Okay. Yeah. That's how I felt. It's, it's it, was, right. it was fun. Yeah. That's yeah, fine. did I see the new Terminator with you, Jim? Yeah, I was with you. <laughs> oh, cool. You were really into it when we saw it. And I was yeah. like, it was okay. No, I was. I thought it was good. It was fine. There was I, things there... that like didn't age as well. Now that I think back on it, but... it wasn't the worst Terminator. No, but, like mm, it was good. Could have been it better. Was fun. Should have been better. <laughs> it's like another. It's the third attempt at a trilogy that failed. Yeah, <laughs> in a row. Yeah, yeah. Let's keep it going. Great. <laughs> I don't think so because it bombed at the box office. Yeah. Yeah. It no. It's Terminator is going to be done for a while. I believe. <laughs> That's sad. so Jeff yeah I wanted to ask you did we get any reviews this week we did we got a five star review from James TB3 on Apple podcasts he says awesome pod hey guys this is one of the few podcasts that I can actually listen to due to the awesome audio quality editing and most of all hosts behind the show you guys are consistently entertaining and funny also, I'm from the NYC area, but I go to school near New Haven, QU, and love to hear all the hot pizza takes that you guys have. Shout Frank out to Peppies. Quinnipiac. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Dan. <laughs> uh, Frank Peppies is the best in New Haven. Look forward to hearing more in the future. Okay, so before, we get, takes. So before we get to our hot pizza takes, Ooh. I wanted to talk about the first time I read that is most... When he said most of all the hosts, I read it as most, most of, of the, the hosts. Host. I was like, oh, he doesn't like me. <laughs> you just automatically thought you were the worst. Yeah. He could have been like, Dan eats a lot. Jeff's annoying. He's loud, obnoxious. But yeah. Jimmy, no, just yeah. automatically you. Yeah. So Jimmy doesn't have a lot of self-love. Hot pizza takes. <laughs> Peppy's being the best is not a hot pizza take because it's probably true. Yeah. But are, do you guys have any hot pizza takes? I'm just trying to think of that right now. Like, not necessarily, like, best and worst because we sort of, like, differ but probably have a very similar top right. five. Do you have anything, like, weird? I have I have one, actually, just popping into my head. What's that? Yeah, you can Go see. for it. Okay. Uh, if you're eating New Haven-style pizza, you're likely enjoying a glass of fox and park soda yes oh this is this is a hot you know take. where i'm I know going where it's right? going because i disagree with you on this because it's silly pizza crusts i after agree you've with eaten this. the bones, pizza the bones the that's bones. what we call them it's a beats the edge should be dipped into fox and park white birch soda and consumed as a dessert after the meal <laughs> you know what's wild you suggested the fun fact that i used today I had a Fox and Park fun fact I was going to use today that would have been so synergistic. The local so- local soda company. Yeah, we'll talk about it next episode. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that is a hot take. I think it's silly. It's kind of like the people who are like, I put my French fries in my McDonald's Sunday and it's good. It's a little silly, but it's also like it works. Like a lot yeah. of times I think people do that just like for shock value. I got a hot take. This is a recent hot take. Okay. So so James, I know you're not from the area, so you might not know all of the uh, New Haven hotspots. You know Peppy's. That's good. I'm I sure know. you know Sally's. Maybe you haven't been there. Sometimes they have weird hours. Hours. They're changing. It's getting better. Highly recommend it. Since I've lived there, it's tied with Peppy's. It's He's very, very good. 
I'm not filibustering. He's a, I love he's a, a pizza buster. Yeah, like I'm sure he's gone to modern. I'm sure he's gone to bar. If you haven't gone to bar, go to bar. Mashed potato pizza. Do it. I've heard that's nothing. good. I have. It's amazing. It's great. Hot I, take. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> no, but my hot take is in West Haven. It's a little bit of a drive. I'm sure you have a car if you're living in the Hamden area. Uh, QU, he said. Um, go out to West Haven. It's a little neighborhood. It's on Union Street. Go to zoo parties. Right. So zoo parties mm. is a place that I I used to go to a lot because I used to be in a band. I practiced right down the street. would go there all the time. I lived in West Haven. I'd Zoops. Go there. Yeah. Zoops. Um, I stopped going because there was a couple times it was inconsistent. Not bad, but I was like, eh, there's other places. I'll just go there. Uh, then um, I watched a YouTube video. I can't remember the name of the show, but they, it's like a pizza tour thing. And the dude from the pizza show. Maybe from Lucali's in Brooklyn, they went there and they had the clam pizza. Now, clam pizza, like you get that at Pepe's, it's amazing, mm-hmm. right? Zuparty says the whole clam pizza. And I was like, man, I haven't been there in so long. I got to go there. So, went there, got a medium clam pie for myself, ate the whole thing. Best pizza I've had maybe ever. Like it was better mm-hmm. than Pepe's that one time. I've been back since and like their pizza's good, but it wasn't that high quality. So, it's still inconsistent. I didn't get the clam though. Oh. The other ones I got. Were so Jeff's good. hot take is that the best white clam pie in New Haven is actually in West Haven. Well, it's a beat. I like that. It's, it's <sighs> grow up. Okay. I'm not gonna say a beats. You gotta say it. I, I'll say pie. Say I'll go that pie. Far. Yeah. Okay. And that's what I'll I said. Go, white clam yeah, pie. White clam pie. New Haven Jimmy, stable. Let's, hot take. You gotta have a hot parties. take now. James, do it. <laughs> Write us back. Talk me into at gmail.com after you have if that If you pizza. say something like Papa John's is not that bad, you're getting punched. <laughs> I don't really have any hot takes. Uh, to be honest, I've only, I think New Haven, the only pizza places I've had, the beats places I've had were uh, Pepe's and Delania. Delania. Delania is great, too. Gotta, yeah. gotta rep our boys. I don't know them, but so maybe Jimmy's- Honey Pot. The Honey Pot. Guys, yeah. oh, get the Honey, the honey Pot. Real good. Hot Soper Set. Drizzled with honey and cherry peppers. Oh, my God. So Jimmy's hot take is that when you take the pizza in your mouth, it's hot. <laughs> yeah, that is my hot take. Thanks, James. You're welcome. Oh, that James. Yeah. Thank you all. <laughs> so this show, we like to talk each other into things, but this segment, we're going to talk each other into what we're talking ourselves into. <laughs> that I didn't love make any how sense. every episode you <laughs> mess, mess it up, up so poorly. He had so and much gets, authority behind it though. He was drunk on power. And funnier every time because at first it was just like a little jumble because we don't even have a name for this segment. No, talking ourselves into. Yeah, but now you're just like we're gonna talk about the chipper. It's not even gonna be words. Next time you do it, you're just gonna be like talk ourselves. Yeah. This episode, loud obnoxious. So this segment, we like to say what we're talking ourselves into things. Um, so this one is very thematic because I am talking myself into rewatching Star Wars. I actually am doing the same in preparation for episode nine. All yeah. y'all be Disney Plus boys. Let's face facts. We do be. We yep. do be. But I got it for free. That's why I be. Same. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I am currently, I just started my chronological rewatch. Uh, I am going to be starting from episode one, mm. and it is disappointing so far because <laughs> episode one is not a good movie, and then Attack of the Clones is up next. I'm like, uh, I should skip this. Have 
Have I, you ever watched it? I don't it? hate like they're not good movies, but I still like them. So do I. For what they for I they're just like, silly. Dude, I like the Phantom Menace things. better than Attack of the Clones. Mm. Um That's they're debatable. both rough. They they both yeah. have there's good things about them. Have you ever tried I think we may have done it together once. No, the I have flashback I method. About. No, I haven't. Jeff, have you watched that order? I have not. It is tough now though, because we do have Rogue One and Solo a Star Wars story to add into you don't need well. to ever rewatch solo it's just oh i like so i like solo it's better okay. than rogue one i like rogue one better um so like for solo. those who are listening who don't know what i'm talking about um the flashback rewatch method is you watch episode four a new hope because mm-hmm. it came out first and it's yeah. the, the core of the story then you watch episode five the empire strikes back and then spoiler alert <laughs> if you don't know this yet at the end of episode five when it's revealed that vader is luke's father mm-hmm. you go back and watch the prequel trilogy because it sheds light on anakin's life and how he became vader then, oh so it's not a cut it's just an order it's yes. just an order so it's four five one two three six yes seven eight yeah well yeah <laughs> okay basically yeah. it's fun to watch it that way i've done it okay yeah i've never done it that way um, it's better if you're like really rewatching them in like a tight time period, like in a over the course of like a couple days. Yeah, yeah. If you're spreading out too much time, then you start to like forget elements. I mean, not that you're gonna really forget the original yeah. trilogy, but um, I do actually have a question because I was watching, um, I was bored while watching the Phantom Menace, so I was just watching Star Wars movies or Star Wars videos as I was watching the Phantom Menace, and I was curious what um. Uh, with the special uh, effects they added into the special editions and stuff. And I know Dan's opinion on the special editions. He doesn't mind them as much as most people do. I think he's... Are you talking about like the 97 special editions? Well, just the general consensus of you don't mind all the things the that they added. Yeah. Yeah. Jeff, what's your opinion on it? Uh, I love the 97 edition because it was the first one I saw in theaters. Same. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't actually I even just, see him in theaters. I was at just... age and I saw each one like three or four times in theaters. So yeah. I, I have a special place for him. And then when the VHS tapes came out, like that's what I owned. Like I had yeah. seen Star Wars before, but the first ones that I own. And, you know, I've I've seen the original cuts plenty of times. Yeah, they're, they're great. But. The 97 edition. I don't think don't... I have seen the original cuts a lot. Like, where can you even see them anymore? I had the Laserdisc when the player worked. They are. It's funny. That's what I was watching. And I, had VH- on. I have VHS tapes and there's, stuff that I bought later on. There's a, um, it's called the Despecialized Edition. Um, the Harmies Despecialized Edition, where they basically go from, I think the highest quality one that they have is they released Laserdisc. No, they, they it was on it they, was on DVD about ten too. years ago. They released the theatrical cuts on DVD right before Disney bought them. Yeah, um, so that is something that is interesting. Um, is do you if for people that are very um, like I like Star Wars, I like the original Star Wars. If um, I don't know where I was going with this, but I am curious what Jeff's opinion on what is it was yeah, it because I, I, like I knew. I, I, I like the Hayden Christensen ghost edit. That's fine. Yeah. I think that's that like one fine. of my favorite, actually. I think that works better because that's what he looked like when he was a Jedi. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. But you fine. also do get uh, Here's a hot take. You want a real hot take? You like Jabba? No. Oh. Super hot take. 
put you and McGregor in that Force Ghost scene. I was just about to say it is weird that they have the older Obi Wan instead of. I mean, um, you can say that because he was good up until the end. Yeah, that, I yeah. think that's the whole point but of showing Hayden. If you want to retcon and say like you revert back to your like truest form, then you could put you and McGregor in. No, because the problem is I have a himself. feeling that Mark Hamill is going to be showing up in Rise of Skywalker as yeah. old man Luke. Who Force knows, Ghost. dude? De aging technology exists. That is yeah, true. I do. Too. Yeah, do. yeah, it is interesting. I like Star Wars. I like the the whole idea of like, do you watch the special versions? Do you I, watch the original cuts? I and... thought you were alluding to the McClunky. Uh, oh, that's uh, another one, too. Yeah. Have you heard about this, Jeff? I have not. Uh, this is the most Star Wars episode of all time. Yeah. I feel like I should have a Star Wars fan. Uh, <laughs> they have, again, messed with Han shooting first. Yes. Oh, yes. In a way that I don't understand why for you would do for this. For Disney Plus, they changed it <laughs> yeah. back again? Yeah. No, not back again. Something completely new. On Disney Plus? <laughs> yes. Oh, what they do? For no reason, just they still it shoot at basically the same time, yeah, yeah. and Greedo misses, but before any of that happens, Greedo says a new word, which isn't translated. They didn't put in any extra dialogue, like um, subtitle. Oh. He just goes, McClunky, and then shoots. <laughs> oh, yeah, I did see that, and I thought it was weird. It's weird. Yeah. yeah it is. I don't hate everything like most Star Wars fanboys do. Like, I'm fine. It is what it is. But I don't really see the purpose of doing that. Yeah. If they do something weird, like McClunky becomes something important in some, like, EU novel <laughs> or something. <laughs> like, I could totally see, like, a Greedo book coming out that talks about, like, his wife being named McClunky. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> and that was his final word, like, Rosebud. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm currently rewatching Star Wars. I am dreading episode two, but episode three gets a little bit better. Yeah. Yeah. Jeff, what are you talking yourself into this week? This week, I return to a previous thing that I am talking myself into from months ago. Oh. It has finally been realized as of today. You're tying ties. I, <laughs> I have talked myself into hedgehogs. Oh. My wife and I have a hedgehog now. Yeah. It's hers, really, but like it's in my house. So <laughs> It's true. It's, yeah. This is so new that you haven't even named it yet. No, it does not have a name. There have been things thrown out. Um, we were going to name it after like food. I think ham is a funny name for a hedgehog. Um, the Why one, not a food that looks like it? Sort of like yeah. So we were thinking like parsnip or like you know other like a pine cone because it's a it's a silver hedgehog. But you can also just go on the spike thing. You can name it like pineapple. So a lot of people use punny names like Peter Quill, ha ha ha, or yeah. like William Shatner. I thought. That Quilly Kapokski is funny because there's two puns. Kelly Kapowski. But like my wife is too young to appreciate Saved by the Bell, Oof. which is like weird to say out loud. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I mean, it's an old show, but like Kelly Kapowski, Quilly Kapokski. I think it's very funny. Um, yeah. So they're super weird and it's like seven weeks old. And for the first year, they go through quilling, which is like as they grow they get rid of their like baby quills or mm -hmm. small quills and new ones come out and it's like it's not painful but it's like annoying it's like growing pains and they it's like afraid to be held and it makes the weirdest sounds of all time it sounds like the smoke monster from lost <laughs> and jimmy if you don't mind i'd like to play some audio <laughs> sure um would you like me to just put it in the microphone or yeah, sure. okay yeah let's do this All those like ticks and stuff are it. That's it, dude. It also sounds like you're playing an old arcade game. 
<laughs> yeah, it it's does. It's weird. It's so bizarre, but like it sounds like a mixture of like cicadas in the deep south at nighttime. Yeah. With like a typewriter. Yeah, well, the smoke monster, the the typing, that's yeah. exactly what it sounds like. Mm. And like when you go so when they get like scared, they kind of just like puff up and their quills go in all different directions. Yeah. And when they're not, you could like pet them in one direction. Uh <laughs> like the band. Yeah. yeah. And it's fine. But like when when she's going to pick it up and touch it, they do this weird thing where it like jumps up real fast. And I was like, yo, Sonic is like the game is real. (laughs) They do that because if you were a predator, they'd be stabbing you. Oh, yeah. No, it scares them. And like they do turn into balls like the whole ride home. We had to drive to uh, Pawtucket, which is past Providence uh, for James out there who knows the geography of the area. (laughs) Um and it was in a ball the whole time because it's just like, you know, it doesn't yeah. really know. It's chilling in the cage, dude. The cage is like dope. It's all pimped out, has like a little donut play toy and food and stuff. And they have to like be regulated at like a certain temperature or they'll just die. Hedgehogs are so weird. Evolution just totally screwed them <laughs> over. But yeah, we got a hedgehog. Uh, there will be probably Hago updates. Any creature that's biggest uh, manner of protection is... You can eat me, but it's gonna suck. Yeah, that's like not a great animal. Because like, like if uh, our the the dog won't eat it, but like if it went to and was successful, like the hedgehog would be dead, and the dog would have quills in its mouth, yeah. and the next hedgehog it ever encountered, it wouldn't eat. But you're still dead. Exactly. <laughs> it's like one of the worst defense mechanisms ever. This is gonna suck, but it's gonna suck. So for like, you even also more. this hedgehog breeder we got it from. Like they were sending. Uh, Ew, dude, isn't that illegal? <laughs> they were sending updates and like photos and stuff, and she posted something like, "Can't take pictures of the new hedgehogs because another hedgehog um, just gave birth, and if you interrupt anything within like a certain." amount of days like it'll stress the mom out and the mom will just eat all of its babies <laughs> yeah like animals that happens do that, with rodents and but stuff. It, it's like it's not a rodent but it's, it's just like so weird and like if the the males are with the mom more than like three weeks they'll impregnate her and they like they're they're just they're just animals are things. crazy they're so wacky nature do be cray and they don't even collect coins what the frick rings jeff <laughs> jeff you're oh. dating yourself oh yeah <laughs> we all know it's rings Daniel. Well, Jeff, I'm going to depart from your current events and get back on the Jimmy thematic episode train here. (laughs) I've been talking myself into re-engaging with the expanded universe. Oh, okay. So I really dropped the ball. I could have had a talk before the episode. We didn't plan this. (laughs) Would would have planned it it. out a lot better. Got a lot of Star Wars stories to tell. Okay. Well, that's on you, buddy. Mm, I feel bad now. (laughs) I, uh... Yeah, I've just been listening. I rejoined Audible, and there's a bunch of Star Wars novels that are pretty good. Jeff's, like, crying right now. <laughs> just uh, leaning back. Yeah. relaxing um, all cool. Now lean back. There's a bunch of Star Wars novels that are actually pretty good. Yeah. So I started, like, sort of digging into some of the newer ones, and um, I downloaded the Star Wars Galaxy's Edge novel, Black Spire Outpost, mm-hmm. which is, like, a tie-in with the theme, theme park. park. And uh, I was, like, pretty confused early on, and then I read a review that was like, oh, by the way, this is a sequel to the Captain Phasma novel. Oh. So I downloaded that one, and that was actually really good. It was about, like, a rebel spy, like, learning about Captain Phasma's past because she's, like, a big mystery and all this stuff, and blah, blah, blah. It's Star Wars. But the Galaxy's Edge one was really cool because it was, like, um, like a backdoor pilot to the theme park. So rather than just do like 
a guide to the theme park and just like list off where everything is and what you can eat there and what rides you can go on. They wrote this novel, which is about like that rebel spy, like being sent to this far flung planet by Leia to establish a resistance base. And Mm. that's the Black Spire outpost. So you're reading it and it's talking about like what stores she buys her equipment in, where she eats, Mm. these people that are mysterious and maybe connected to the Jedi. And then guess what? It's like if they wrote Harry Potter to make the Harry Potter world and universe. Exactly. I got you. Um, so yeah, it's uh it's like reverse engineered novelization. That's kind of funny. And it was really well done and the story was good and stuff. And then I just started listening to the audiobook of um Oh man, I'm never going to remember this frig. The official <laughs> like lead in to uh The Rise of Skywalker is called like It's called uh uh, it is November 30th, and there are fireworks going off uh, outside of Dan's home right now. Oh, so the official lead-in to the Rise of Skywalker novel is called Resistance Reborn. Okay. Just started listening to it. It's pretty good. Um, and I'm also reading the comic series Star Wars Allegiance, which is a four-issue mini that I encourage you guys to check out because it directly follows up with after um, Last Jedi, and the Resistance is like in shambles they're like all on the millennium falcon that's all that's left Mm. and it's about them like trying to marshal their forces and build an armada and stuff like that and rebuild okay so yeah star wars books are good again guys great make star wars great again do it okay fellas okay fellas okay I'm quitting. (laughs) I'm leaving the podcast. Guys, this week, I'm talking you into a cartoon series. Okay. From Disney XD, which was a very popular channel that showed- It was around for a while. Over three television shows. (laughs) Uh, I'm talking about Star Wars Rebels. Another Star Wars thing this episode? (laughs) Wah, Ricky. Okay. Don't do that ever again. (laughs) Why? It was cute. Uh, Star Wars Rebels was created by Simon Kinberg, Dave Filoni, and Carrie Beck. Um, It lasted for four seasons. Yep. It debuted in October 2014. Have you guys seen any of it? Nope. I've seen two episodes, like the week that they first aired. That's it. So it was definitely aimed at a younger audience. It's pretty much all new characters the the primary characters are right. are all new. Um as I referenced at the end of last episode, as the series goes on, it starts to intertwine and become a sequel to um Filoni's earlier series Star Wars Clone Wars. Right. Um there is a pretty significant time gap because Clone Wars takes place between episodes 2 and 3. Mm-hmm. And this takes place um well after episode 3. It takes place 5 years before A New Hope. Um, so the, the galactic empire is at full force now mm-hmm. and they're at a stage where they're basically hunting down the last stragglers who are like, not even necessarily Jedi cause they're pretty much all dead, but there's a, a group of the villain of the series early on is called, are called the inquisitors and they're basically like sort of like force sensitive. They're not fully Sith. Like the emperor and Vader don't, don't train them. Like they don't want to risk their power. But they're like these force sensitive people who use like some like Sith technology to hunt down anyone who's like force sensitive, like former Padawans and stuff like that and kill them. 
And it's also about the early rise of the Rebel Alliance. So it's before any formal alliance takes place. It's really like literally just little, little splinter cells all over the galaxy who are like waging their own little guerrilla war, more just for survival. So there are a lot of like people who are on the run and things like that. This sounds cooler than I thought a kid show could be. It's, <laughs> it's pretty cool. And I could see why you may be turned off because they definitely went for like a 3D CGI type look. Which I'm fine. Like Clone Wars was a little kiddie, but I, I dug the style. This goes even more, I yeah. would say, like a little that, bit more that, Japanese that's what animation. Originally turned me off from it because, like, the the style was more childish. The animation was more fluid, but the the actual style was a little more. Yeah, and there's yeah. some things that are really work well. Like all the space stuff is really good. The dog fights, uh, right? X wings, Tie fighters. It's it looks really good. Like almost, um, like the ships and droids look like they could be from the movies. Hmm. So that's really good. And um, the other thing that I read early on, which totally like made me appreciate the series is even though some of like the character designs harken towards like Japanese animation style, which you're not a fan of Jeff and Jimmy, I think you're like on the fence about Mm -hmm. um, a lot of like the production overall design of like the planets and the interiors and the ships and the clothing and stuff are directly inspired by Ralph McQuarrie's original artwork for Mm. the original oh, trilogy. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right, because, hmm. like, Darth Vader's mask. Is, yep, yeah. they went back to, like, the Macquarie drawings of Vader's mask. That's And cool. even, like, the color combinations that you can see are really cool. Um, and, yeah, the series, like, is is a sleeper. It When you first get into the first few episodes, that's why, like, I told you at the end of last episode, I want you to watch seven episodes. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit more than we typically have been doing lately because I feel like the first few episodes of this series are to buy in the kids. And then as it goes on, they're like, okay, we attracted the new young kids that we wanted to watch Star Wars cartoons. Now we're going to help all you nerds who we know are watching anyways, because <laughs> we were. And so now, so then it starts to get into like some of the deeper stuff. Like this series goes on to really like address issues of like, oh, I don't even want to spoil like what characters cross over, but like even just overall themes of like, how do you build an alliance of like such disparate factors across the galaxy that are only connected by their distaste for the empire? Like some of these people have been at war in the past. So there's a lot of like politicking in this series that we don't see in other stuff. Um, they get a lot. Filoni has an obsession with the Mandalorians that we saw in yeah. like Clone Wars and stuff mm-hmm. that comes back full force. And it's interesting because now we've seen like, like a 25 year time jump between clone wars and rebels mm-hmm. so we see like some of the progression of those earlier ideas and stuff like that and the repercussions well, now he's a producer on the mandalorian yeah which i haven't started watching yet oh you're a dodo bird i'm excited <laughs> I, there's reasons but i'm excited to begin that so yeah i think um i think jimmy you'll appreciate the production aesthetics yeah and just the overall design it's really like good design storytelling Things look like they're connected and you could see like certain like um, thematic like visuals reappearing throughout the series. Things that are connected to the Jedi Alliance, you can spot them. Things that are connected to the Mandalorian have uh, a design aesthetic and I I think you you can appreciate that. Um, Jeff, I think you will appreciate the deep lore of it and the connections to Clone Wars if you can make it through that. What I'm a little bit worried about is just you guys saying, like, 
it's for babies. Because <laughs> there are moments that are more kiddish than like Clone Wars. Okay, well, I mean, we'll we have pretty open minds on this. Podcast. If it if it has a good enough story, which basically is, it seems like you're expanding upon like a lot of the really cool things about Star Wars in this show. I think it will be fine as as long as the story well outweighs the stuff that's been for kids. Yeah, I mean, the weak point for me is there's like a few like throwaway episodes like bottle episodes. episodes yeah about like oh chopper the droid is so wacky and what antics is he getting up to yeah some of those episodes are cool though like the episode in clone wars when it was all the padawans building their own lightsaber well yeah that was dope but i wouldn't <laughs> consider that like this but oh, i haven't seen it I yeah oh, you haven't i haven't seen the chopper one you're talking i about. should talk you into it <laughs> Star Wars Rebels, Jeff. You should watch it. Oh, wow. Let's do an episode on Star Wars Le- Rebels later. Yeah, so so again, I'm asking you to watch the first seven episodes. Okay. Star Wars Rebels. It's streaming on uh, Disney Rebels. <laughs> or if you don't have access to that because we haven't launched it yet, Disney Plus, you can find it. Do it. Great. And when we get going back, to. we're going to spoil the first seven episodes of Star Wars Rebels. We'll watch it. That's the worst tagline ever. <laughs> we'll watch it. I'll he was, buy that for he was busy looking at graphs. <laughs> yeah, I was looking to make see what day this is airing. It's fine. I'm getting sick and tired of all these Star Wars. <laughs> the titular line. I just can't wait to get out of Africa. <laughs> All right, we're back, and we are reviewing Upright Citizens Brigade Season 1. Nope. No, we're not. We are <laughs> reviewing and talking about... We never say we're reviewing, but we do review. So yeah, sort of. Yeah. I mean, it's our opinion. We're yeah. Not, we're not, like, qualified reviewers. You know what my wife says? You know what she says? What? She says, why do you guys call yourself Talk Me Into? You just review things, and you don't talk about why you like it. And I was like, how many episodes have you listened to? And she's like, I've listened, which means <laughs> I haven't listened. No, it's, it's very... Uh, I mean, I'm not going to explain our podcast. No, you're listening yeah, to it. You have to you have to review it, and then we're not experts. reasons why we you give, like it. When yeah. we give the review, it's very much how, what we think of it. It's yeah. uh, what do you call it? It's it's, uh, it's, a, it's subjective. Opinion. Yeah, it's it's a, subjective. It's a opinion. subjective opinion. Uh, we reviewed, and we will give you the repin- <laughs> the opinions of Star Wars Rebels, the first seven episodes. Yeah, spoilers of season one. Spoilers are coming. Spoilers will be coming. Jimmy. Jimmy. Yes. Oh, why both to me? At because the same you are time? looking at your phone while because we're podcasting. millennials. Am I right? right? I was looking at the episode descriptions. Thank you very much. What did you guys think of Star Wars Rebels? Episode one, Spark of the Rebellion, and it starts out with a close up on Dark Vader's face. Dark Vader? <laughs> yes, the darkest of all the Vaders, and it is that classic, uh, like Ralph McQuarrie sketch style that we yep. talked about earlier, which mm-hmm. which I like. They've released like some action figures and stuff from that. Yeah, they had the uh, the Star Wars comic that was based off the original script, which like the designs were similar to that. Which the is Star cool. Wars. Yeah, um, yeah. So it's Vader talking to the inquisitor who we don't know anything about yet other did than you guys notice who voiced darth vader james Earl jones yep they brought him back yeah oh yeah i i, I figured but i Continuity. wasn't completely sure yeah there's a, i think good. uh anthony daniels is also 3po yep because he, he's awesome okay <laughs> they're, well, they're spoiling watched. it they've either watched or they didn't jimmy they they know what's <laughs> they know what's going on and vader informs him that 
uh, he is to kill the children of the Force in order to stop a rebellion and for the Jedi to come back. And right? that is very dark for yeah, a kid show. Yeah, it, it really is. He basically says that the, with Order 66, he and the Emperor have taken care of the vast majority of Jedi, but now the Inquisitors are tasked with chill, killing these like Force-sensitive children, basically, that would become Jedi if there was a Jedi Order. So the first thing I notice before we get into like the story is the the soundtrack the score the music and the direction is very star warsy mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. it's 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 not like the best ever but it's it puts you in that mood and that's something that some star wars things lack that this one nails and it just gets you in it pulls you into that world yeah i think they worked really hard to make this feel like the original trilogy because this is yeah sort of more where it takes place because the clone war series or even the the pilot movie which i saw in theaters at midnight because that's the kind of guy i am <laughs> the soundtrack was a little off it wasn't like star wars yeah it was similar but it didn't have that same pull. epicness yeah and, and i like the clone wars but this this did it really well and Dan said that this is like anime style inspiration. Inspiration. I don't. I don't see it at all. No. The hair, maybe, because it's like CGI. It's more uh, like a reboot than anime to me. I don't know. I don't. What do you think, Jim? Um, I I see it most. Sorry to interrupt you, but I see it most in character design. I I can kind of see that. I can see the eyes, maybe a little bit, like no, Ezra, the eyes and nose, that wide nose. Thing. I don't see it at all. Yeah, I don't. I don't really see the anime, and especially moving forward, well, I forgot good. all about it. Good. You're wrong is my point. <laughs> I thought that was the, you're going to be your number one complaint, so I'm happy to hear no, that. No, it's a little, um, we'll get into that in a second, but Jim, any first opinions? Um, for the art style, I wasn't super digging it. It did look a little kiddie to me. Um, compared to what I've seen of Clone Wars, it looked a little more cartoonish. Yeah, the, the character design and animation is clunkier than Clone it's Wars. It's simplified. Yeah, it's uh, other... I'm talking about like the actual physical characters, not like robots or spaceships, because you mentioned that that stands out, and it does, and we'll get to that. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, Jim, so let's get into the plot. Yeah. Oh, into go. the plot? Let's go. Uh, let's so let's this... lead this for Dan. He's just sitting back. <laughs> so enjoying. for this first episode- uh... well, We should say this is a two-parter, so if you guys want to talk yeah. about the first two together, I'm cool We're with just, that. I'm just going to go in order, because it's still kind of different. Okay. Yeah, sure. So <laughs> we, we find the, um, the, the character Ezra- who is um i don't think he does he know that he's force sensitive at all or does he no, know i don't think so not in at the all very beginning. not yet anyway it, it happens very quickly yeah I, he alludes to the fact in later episodes that he knows that he's like very good at like sneaking and like but he doesn't know like that. that it's he just thinks that he's good yeah at it. yeah exactly he's like a teenager i would say right yeah yeah i would say so I don't remember that much about this episode. So, I feel like oh I've seen this a God. while ago. You're staring at your phone. I thought you were staring at notes. I, I'm, Apparently I'm looking at... You're just looking at the description. Video. He's looking at a picture of his own cat. <laughs> uh, Ezra, he stole a crate from a group of gun runners. And we... If, if you don't know anything, they're just a group of bad guys. You don't know that it's the main characters. Um, but you will. And the gun thing comes into play in episode three, and we'll get into there. Um so th- this group of baddies there's before i knew their names i wrote down it's a guy a purple wookie a woman mandalorian in a square r2 in green ahsoka and those are <laughs> that holds up yeah those are kanan zeb sabine chopper and hera yeah and those are those are our heroes guys but we don't know it the titular rebels <laughs> they are um so jim do you remember anything yet or should nope. i just I don't remember anything from any of these, which is kind of a problem. 
wow, this is going to, you're having a Dan moment. Um, I think he's making a critique on the series, the quality of it, that he doesn't find it memorable. Yeah, a little bit. I think you're wrong. Well, Dan, what what happens next then? So like, basically. Or what do you want to talk about? We don't have to give, we don't have to review the episode. Okay, so. Two heists that are occurring at the same time get tangled together. Yes. Ezra is trying to steal... I think he was initially intending to steal food. I don't yeah, know. like those weird fruits. Yeah, but he just... wound up with a crate, and uh, he, he took off on a speeder bike that had a crate attached to it. Yep. And at the same time, uh, Kanan and his group of rebels were stealing the rest of the crates and speeder bikes. And uh, what I noticed from this is that... Um, Ezra up until this point is sort of like a street rat. He's out yeah, for himself. That's exactly what he is. Yeah. He's, He's like, just trying to survive. Yeah, they call him that. He's he, trying to be best. Trying to get some food. Um, and then the rebels, he thinks he's kind of like a he thinks he's like a rebel, quote unquote, because he's like stealing from the Empire. He's a loner, Dottie, a rebel. Yeah, and they're and they're they're jerks. But these are the real rebels. They come in with a plan of attack. They've got the situation right. under control, and and Ezra and, basically just botches. The and whole without situation. their plan, Ezra wouldn't have been able to even do that. He just jumped in. Like yeah. he wouldn't have been able to get away with that crate had they not set this elaborate plan up. Yeah. But um, so they're like trying to escape, and they get entangled, and they're getting chased down by the Empire. There's like an ex uh, Tie Fighter coming after yeah, them, and, and like the. The, the ship fights, like the TIE Fighters and yep. all the, you know, all the vehicles are on are really dope. Like, yep. the animation's good. Uh, and they're able to do something with this animation that we don't see a lot of in the movies, which is in atmosphere, like dog fights. Right. Like, normally when we see spaceship mm. fights, they're out in space. That is so true. This is cool seeing, like, TIE Fighters zooming in and out of city streets and stuff like that. And, and Ezra and Kanan have this. Well, it's, it's kind of reminiscent of episode three, right? When they're on Coruscant. That's kind of the first time in Star Wars we right, saw yeah. we, we saw something like well, that. Well, Attack of the Clones, there's a speeder race as well. Oh, you're right. But um I'm just thinking in terms of original trilogy wise. Right, yeah. It's cool to see this type of thing. <laughs> and um I thought there was a lot of good action in this first episode. There is. The there's the the speeder bike chase between uh Kanan and Ezra, where Kanan starts to first get his inclinations. Like he's like, Who is this kid? Because Ezra clearly has heightened like senses and dexterity, and right? Stuff. And I mean, by the end of this episode, um, Ezra sneaks onto their ship, ghost, and finds a lightsaber. So you know something's up. Either they stole the lightsaber or Ezra. Yeah, yeah so that was my first thing. Is I thought it, they stole the lightsaber. There's one I thing going. I want to mention before we get there, which is how they got onto the ship. So there's a cool thing where they're being chased by the Tie Fighter right. and Hera, who. And we'll talk a little bit more about the Rebel crew, but mm -hmm. I like the fact that Kanan is not the captain. It's not his ship. Right. It's it's the Hera. And Hera's the captain, and she's the right. and it's her ship. So she swoops down and basically saves them. But Ezra's not willing to give up the last crate. So he like tries a maneuver to like throw the crate and jump into the ship. And there's a cool moment where if you watch it again. Kanan is watching this happen, and it's pretty clear that Ezra force jumps without even really knowing it. Yes. They show a wide shot, and you could tell that the distance that he's jumping... And then it cuts to Kanan's face, like... And he's like, hmm. Yeah. So I thought that was really cool. But then we get on the ship, and as Jimmy mentioned, like, Ezra's kind of, like, sneaking around, and he finds his way to the door of Kanan's, um, what would you call it? Like, his room, his bedroom. Yeah, his board. Yeah. And uh, I love that the score picks up the the ways of the force theme yeah it does so I, I wrote somewhere else i don't remember what exactly triggered that but the incidental music here is spot on 
like everything like has a theme yep. and it's so reminiscent. I, I talked about like, you know, the sound of Star Wars, but this is it. This little background stuff. Well, and then, like I said, when he gets to the door and he feels like something's calling mm-hmm. him, it starts out with that which is the beginning of yeah, it's really the way ways of the force is what that theme is called. So he eventually like gets his way into the room and he feels like something's calling to him. And before he finds, or is it before or after he finds a Jedi holocron as well? Yeah, which is sort of a big deal. But yep. I can't remember. He finds a lightsaber first. I think doesn't matter. He found yeah. both of them. Yeah, and and it and then when Kanan confronts him, well, first he's able to unlock the Jedi holocron. Not yet. Oh, I'm mixing things up. But Kanan confronts him, and he's like, um, he's like, why did you? How did you find that? Where did you get that from? And Ezra's like, it was calling to yep. me, which I thought was really cool because this show predates The Force Awakens, mm-hmm. and. As we talked about in the first part of this episode, now that Disney owns all this continuity, I feel like they're really starting to seed in ideas that could become important well, to the film. This show was, it started when Disney owned it. So this wasn't mm-hmm. like a Lucasfilm thing into right. Disney. This is like Disney owns it. And I thought that too is very similar, especially the Maz Kanata scene with exactly. the lightsaber in the box. And I know that they're not making the movie based around Rebels, but maybe they knew about that and like just threw For sure. There. I think that they knew that that scene was going to be coming. But then you don't know because when episode eight, they're like, oh, this is Ryan Johnson's thing. And they, there was still a disconnect between directors. So I think there's more freedom between the things. Like they have to have everything planned out. I know. Yeah, that, there's but. not as much freedom as you think. They have a, something called the, the Star Wars story group. That Pablo right. Hidalgo is the head of. And it basically works like in comic books. You know how there's editorial mm-hmm. staff and it's their job to make sure the continuity works. That's what the story group does. So I, w- well, it, I would not be cool. surprised if they're seeding ideas from the films into the TV shows. to give Even you- if it wasn't intentional, it works. It's yeah. Cool. I like it. Jim, any opinions on this so far or is it going to be uh, <laughs> six times this? The Dan and Jeff you? show. Yeah. So for these two episodes, I will agree. A lot of the, the production stuff is really good. Um, I just feel that the storytelling, the writing is definitely aimed towards kids, and I'm just not feeling it. Okay, really? so you weren't talked into it. Uh, why don't just go upstairs for the next half <laughs> he said hour? the first two episodes. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so, yeah, as we get into the second episode, I mean, I don't want to, like, just nitpick every single beat of every single episode, or we'll be here for a very long time. Um, Ezra's captured by the Empire. There was a little... They were trying to, like, sneak onto the Empire ship at the end with Zeb, and he pretended to be a Wookiee. Ezra gets captured, gets thrown into a holding tank uh, or cell, and he's fiddling with a cube, which he managed to, managed to steal. And it turns out to be a message from Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yep. And like you and McGregor, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Mm-hmm. It's not really his voice, but no, I know his appearance. Like, yeah, yep. his, his likeness. They did a cool thing where they actually, if you look at it really closely. It's like in between Clone exactly. Wars and um, A New Hope. It's pretty cool. And what if I was to tell you that as this series goes on. They age you may have an opportunity to see Obi-Wan Kenobi. Oh, so I've heard. I, yeah, I, I do know some stuff that happens on the okay. line. Okay. Yeah, me too. Um, I also noticed that they made the stormtroopers way dumber than usual. They're oh, like think so? They're like as dumb as battle droids. Yeah. They, not quite comic relief, but really dumb and like way worse at aim. I could usual. see that. Um, so, so plot-wise, um, the end of the episode... Um, 
They, well, well, basically the whole episode before we get to the end, it's just a long action scene. It's a prison escape and they're rescuing a bunch of Wookiees, which look hilariously terrible. Yeah. The, so, the salt mines of Kessel, right? Or so the diamond mines, whatever mines Kessel. Yeah. So what I wanted to say Spice is um, that first when they deliver the guns to this guy, Visago. Yeah. The butt like face guy. Crime, crime guy. Butt face guy. Yeah, sure. He. um. Oh, that's the next episode. Sorry. Yeah. Well, anyways. He basically like offers to pay them for that or to give them information about freeing these Wookiees. Yeah. And I think it's important for Ezra's character because the other thing they deliver besides these weapons are crates of food. And Ezra is shocked to see that they're literally just giving the food to these people who need it. And they're in... um. Um, they're in these like little makeshift villages for people who were displaced by the empire empire. We should say this whole first season, if you didn't know this takes place in and around Lothal, which is a new planet where Ezra's from and the empire has moved in and is like kicking out all these farmers. We see in later episodes that they want to buy people's farms up and stuff like that. So there's these, um, there's what they call them Tarkin towns, which are like Grand Moff Tarkin. Yeah. It's like the Hooverville. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. So they're people who are displaced by the government and they're like living out in these like ragtag communities. So the rebels are actually providing food for them, which is pretty inspiring to Ezra, who's used to only providing for himself. Well, as Jeff mentioned, they they take the information to go rescue the Wookiees. And like you said, it becomes this prison break thing that was mm-hmm. actually sort of a trap. Um, and... It doesn't go well, and yes, the the Wookiees look terrible. Very, very bad. <laughs> Just, they didn't even try with the hair. Yeah, there's like uh, no texture. I mean, texture. I, I get it, but like, they look goofy AF, like Christmas special goofy. Yeah. Um, But uh, an important part at the end of the episode is that Ezra swiped the lightsaber from Kanan, and mm-hmm. then Kanan, instead of getting mad or kicking him out, offers to train him. Yeah. Because he a Jedi too. And then there's he, a really cool a thing guy. at the end of the season- at the end of this episode, sorry, when they're all trapped, they're under fire from the Empire, there seems like there's no way out, Kanan calls out to Hera, who's on the ship, they're going to execute some specific escape maneuver. I forget the number, but he's like, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, really? Are you sure? And he's like, we don't have a choice. And Ezra's like, do you want to fill me in on what we're doing? And he's like, in a second, everyone's going to be filled in. And he stands up, badass walks slow motion into blaster fire just dodging blasters assembles his lightsaber from random components on his belt and just reveals himself to be a jedi oh yeah and he's just like blocking bolts so that the rest of the crew can escape that is cool that that was probably the highlight of the episode for me yeah um i just think that's awesome that this guy who's been in hiding like he carries his lightsaber in pieces so nobody even knows what it is and he was like well it's time to uh reveal myself and you can kind of see how the rest of the series is going to go on. I think it's a really good pilot episode. Uh, episode three, Droids in Distress. I really like this episode as a whole before we get into it because it balanced two very different themes. It balanced like the silly, uh, almost slapstick Laurel and Hardy type C-3PO and R2-D2 scenes yep. with this really deep history of Zeb and his family. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. Jimmy, why don't you start this episode? Uh, I watched this twice and I didn't catch anything from it. Are you is this is this real life? <laughs> He's making I, a political you statement. You have nothing to I'm say. Not, I, honestly, 
R2-D2 and C-3PO, Jim. It's things we know from Star Wars. That's what this entire series but felt was, like to me. But it was clever, and they added... They added I'm like, not a huge Star Wars fan. As you wear... that's First of all, that's not real. Second of all, you're wearing a Darth <laughs> Vader sweater right now. Yeah, it's cool. Oh, my God. Well, for us Star Wars fans, Jeff... Yeah. Why don't you just go through a basic rundown of the plot? Jimmy, just turn off the mic. Turn off your mic. <laughs> You're getting fine. Jeff so, He's mad. so mad at me. To just come to the table with something, even if you hate it. Be like, this is why I don't like it. Oh, we'll get there. Mm-mm. Oh, wow. Okay, so C-3PO is a translator for a target whose name I think is Ambo Wambo. I don't know. <laughs> He's one of the butt face guys from the Mos Eisley Canteen. Don't know their species. I'm sure that Star Wars people do. Dan probably does. I can't think it off the top of my head. Ooh. So uh, they set up a distraction to um, like get Chopper kicked out of this plane, right? So the Rebels are on this plane. They need this target to find out where the stash is. They set up this whole thing. It's very Well, Ocean's before 11. you gl- gloss over, quote unquote, this plane, did it seem familiar to you at all? It was uh, an Empire plane. I, I don't know where it's from. Have you Just ever gone me. to Disney World as a child? When I was 12. Did you go on the Star Tours ride? I did not. This is the transport from Star Tours and the captain. Did you know that or did you look it up? No, I knew it because it's voiced by a droid. It's the the ship is flown by a droid that is voiced by Paul Rubens, who was the droid in Star Tours. I don't even notice that. And I'm a huge Paul Rubens fan. Rex is his uh, droid name. They had Star Wars stuff at Disney World when we were kids? Yeah, Star Tours. It was the one ride. Hmm, Never heard of it. The line was probably too long. You weren't allowed to go. Alien <laughs> Encounter, though, was cool. I want That was dope. But I just thought that was cool. They even brought Paul Rubens back to voice that yeah, droid. That's, that's cool. cool. I didn't even notice. And I actually just watched a lot of Pee Wee this week because that's the kind of person I am. Yeah. Christmas special. Um, I did. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, Sabine is pretending to interpret for Ambo Wambo, which is what I'm calling him now. And she misinterprets to the, the Imperial um, escort. Yeah. Escort. Um, tells her the wrong bay. So when they land the ship, they're going to go to the right bay to get this, the the guns that they're running. Yep. And um, the Empire will go to the wrong one. They'll buy some time and steal some more stuff um, to get it away from the Empire. So their whole thing is they want to get these guns, use them, make sure that the Empire doesn't get them. And, right. Uh, was it Ezra who wanted to sell them to get money? Yes. Yeah. We should say that these are a very, they find out as yes. they open the first crate that these are a very specific type of gun. They are. They are called disruptors. disruptors. And these were used by the Empire to help exterminate Zeb's race. The Lasat. Yep. So, so he does not like it. I'd like to get into a little side tangent about Zeb for a second. Okay. Uh, the Lasat are a race that were created, I believe, for this show, but the design is very old. Did he look familiar at all to you? Yeah, he does look like something I've seen before or slightly resembles it, but I, I couldn't put, put, put the pieces together. Blah, blah, blah. The character design for Zeb and all the Lasat. Like Bosque-ish? Nope. But like furrier? It's actually the original design for Chewbacca. Oh. Okay. If you look at Macquarie's sketchbook. See, I didn't even know that. Yeah. Oh, I'm full of them. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was. it's enough to add depth, but not too dark for the kids watching because like that's a it's a super dark thing like hey we steal weapons uh but these weapons happen to kill my entire family so i don't like it but also it's lighthearted. yeah i just thought it was like a nice like you said a little depth it could have been anything could have been like yeah. these are just powerful weapons um and then we 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 saw agent callus in an earlier episode oh, oh i'm sorry let me go back kanan wants to sell to other people to fight the empire 
Yeah. So the Empire can't get their hands on it. And Zeb does. He just wants to destroy him. He doesn't want anybody to have them. Right. Kanan wants to send them, I believe, to um, the same guy that bought the weapons, Vizago. Right. Um, but yeah, Zeb wants to destroy him. And then we see Agent Callus, who was sort of like in the last episode when they were pinned down by the Empire. Yeah. But now you get a little bit more from him. He's, he's in. He comes in and he's doing that like old cowboy thing. Like, I'm the one who killed your family. Yeah. Fight me. He's basically says that he was part of that group yeah. that, that exterminated. Um, and there's like there, there's a hand to hand battle with Zeb versus Callus. And the animation is very fluid, and you can, there's this raw emotion in the the battle be- well, between Zeb and him because they're both like they both hate each other. And there's an extra layer of emotion because Callus is using a bow rifle, which is yes. what Zeb uses, which is like an ancestral weapon of the Lasat Honor Guard, which he's shocked that a human is using it. So it's this weird thing of where Callus kind of like respected them, but also like carried out orders to exterminate them. I don't know. And it just, I think it like pissed Zeb off even more. He's like, you're going to fight me with the weapon of my people that you exterminated. I thought this, I thought it was really cool. And uh, before the end of this battle, I just want to backstep a a little bit. They have a battle against walkers. And I, I just want to say that like the robots in this and the ships and like, like the tie fighters too, just so well done for such like a cheesy show. Yeah. I mean, I think that the simplification that they use on characters is far more successful on like industrial stuff like robots, ships, buildings, things like that. And uh, yeah, I think all the walkers and um, spaceships and droids look super good. Like some of them look like film quality. Some of the space battles and stuff. Mm -hmm. There's some stuff on the ghost where the explosions too. battling TIE fighters looks really good. You could tell it's like heavily influenced by the original trilogy. So then the end of this duel between Zeb and Callus ends with a very like poignant moment where Zeb is like on the outs. He's about to get killed by Callus. And at the last minute, Kanan uses the force to force push. I thought Ezra used it. Yep. I used said the wrong name. Ezra used the force (laughs) to force push Callus, which is like a big deal because it's the first time like Ezra like knowingly used the force. Wasn't just like an emotion or a feeling. He He, like chose to do it and it worked. Um, So they escape. And they return R2-D2 and C-3PO to Bail Organa, which is important. Very important. Because that's where they need to be for A New Hope. Mm -hmm. Yes. And this is where the incidental music really stood out to me for like the first time when I noticed it. Because it was very John Williams-y. Yeah. Episode four. Fight or flight. Punny. Yeah. Jim, any opinions at all? Anything you want to say? Nothing? Nothing really for this episode. Wow. This is this is a talk me into first. So basically, like, um, Zeb and Ezra are feuding because they're forced to share a room, like a bunk on the ship, mm-hmm. on the ghost. And they're just annoying to each other. They, they both, like, bother each other. They're stuck in these close quarters. And Ezra keeps holding it over Zeb's head that he saved his life in the yeah, last episode. He says, when a man owes you his life, he's your servant forever. And that's very Jar Jar Banksy. Well, it's actually a direct call out to the life debt that Chewbacca owes Han Solo that well, we see in the Solo movie. Yeah, and the life debt that Jar Jar owes Qui-Gon. Sure. He owes himself a life debt. I love though. that I go to Chewbacca and you go to Jar Jar. <laughs> oh, well, sad. Jar Jar is the Chewbacca of our generation. Oh, God. Our generation. <laughs> I don't want it to be. Um, 
I mean, by the way, we should say, like, I don't think we hate the prequels as much as some people our age. They're not good movies, but no. they are what they are, and yeah. I enjoy them more than other things. Yeah. So, um, so basically, they're fighting, they're bickering, they're all over the ship, causing problems. Yeah, and... th- this whole episode, there. I don't want. I don't really have a breakdown like the last three. There's not much crazy shit that goes on. Like, there's some more force sensitivity that Ezra's um, doing. But I get the point of the episode. You know, you have a season that's what 15, 20 episodes long. You have to fill all this time. The the, the point of this episode was to have Ezra and Zeb bond to become closer teammates and friends and family. Um, yeah, sort of a bottle episode. It's like a two-hander. Yeah, that, the, the that, big, that's why it starts out like they're bickering, and by the end, they go through a bunch of this stuff. Well, the big thing, where the reason gets its title from, is they steal a TIE fighter. Yeah, so it was it, that's where it was pretty cool, because there was a lot of good action, and it was funny when they were like clumsily piloting this tie fighter yeah and i thought that i was we actually got to see more of like the inner workings of a tie fighter than we do like a lot Mm -hmm. and i thought that was fun there's like some cool scenes where like um you get to see like the like feet dexterity of zeb there's a scene where like he's hanging upside down and flying the tie fighter with his feet while he like grabs onto ezra that was actually pretty good and uh yeah, yeah the whole thing is like a scavenger hunt for Hera to retrieve a fruit because she just wanted them to get like out of her hair for the day. Yeah, out the, of her tentacles. The only for thing the day. that really stood out to me was that there was a Greedo guy that spoke English, and I didn't think that they spoke English. <laughs> I also yeah. noticed that. Uh, that was the only. That is thing something really. I retained. Um, um, oh, ooh, um, ooh, um, ah, um ooh, ah. I mean, there's a, the little B story that's running through this is just further example of how um, the Empire is like tri- driving out these farmers and trying to purchase their land, and when this one farmer refuses, they blow up his house. And it's mm-hmm. just like they're laying this groundwork of something is happening with Lothal. Like the Empire is doing something in Lothal. Uh, Rise of the Old Masters, episode five. There is a direct Yoda quote from Kanan. Do or do not. There is no try. Yeah, Yoda that was Calls cool. him Master Yoda. And then I was like, oh, he was Yoda's Padawan. But I'm like, oh, yeah, Yoda trained a lot of Jedi. Yeah, yeah. Trained, <laughs> trained all Sorry, the young ones, Jedi. basically. So if this episode, I actually did take a lot of wow, notes. Wow. And Jim, I actually. I'm going to take a break, Jimmy. I will say that I, I like this episode a lot. Because it's a big lore heavy episode. Th- there was a lot of lore. Um, I did like him talking a lot about Yoda and talking about like uh, the Jedi and how he was. Um, now he was basically brought up and stuff and i liked a lot of the training process between um ezra and what was the name of the other guy um kanan kanan yes yep. wow um <laughs> sorry i don't know about the show we'll get to it later but um for some reason i just couldn't retain a lot of it um but i did like to see a lot of the process of uh, a jedi training because we didn't see a lot of it in the movies i mean yeah, in the movies prequels, tend to like gloss over it yeah in the prequels we see a little bit of it you see the in between training stuff yeah you see like the little kids playing with the um um what are they called like the blasters or whatever the training droid the uh, yes yeah yeah remotes uh and they're using the um uh lightsabers to uh block it off and stuff like that but that's like really all you see of like jedi training so i thought it was pretty cool because Obviously, this dude was like trained by Yoda and stuff, and him training um, uh, Ezra. I just thought and, that was really cool to see. I think it's cool because, like, so the Clone Wars was Yoda heavy. He was in a lot of episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, this, for some reason, this was more impactful just hearing his name and him not being there mm-hmm. than seeing him all the time. Um, and it was kind of the same thing in the Last Jedi when Yoda showed up. It was more impactful, and it, like, yeah, it felt like the first time I've seen Yoda on screen since the original. Yeah. Trilogy, even though he was in three of the prequels. Yeah. 
quite heavily. It was yeah. it was I, really good. Well, I don't want to get too spoiler heavy on this because we didn't say that we were going to talk about this, but I do want to give you a little bit of Kanan's backstory because they don't get into it until much later in the series. But um, they they did have a a comic book miniseries. I think it's six issues, and it basically talks about how he was a Padawan during Order sixty six. And his master was killed, but he fled and changed oh, his name. I and think stuff. that's going to be the, um, I believe that's the storyline for the last, or what's the name of the game that just came Jedi out? Order. Fallen yeah, Order. Yeah, a Fallen Order. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's pretty similar to that. Yeah. So, yeah. Which he, is a game I'm actually looking forward to. And the reason why I bring this up in this episode is because not only do we get to see a little bit of him reflecting his training, um, but we get to see his own um, like self-doubt. Yeah. He doesn't feel that he's qualified to train Ezra. Yeah, so he tries to pawn him off on somebody else. Another, yes. So, um, so Jimmy, you did not watch Clone Wars a lot. No. But, Jeff, did you remember this character from Clone Wars? Yeah, but not like... I didn't retain a lot from Clone Wars. Like, I, I don't... I don't remember a lot of the lore, but yes, I do know the character. So, and she was also in a game Galaxy of Heroes that I played, and she was dope. She was a good healer. And there's a brief um, image of her, ironically, being killed in yes. Order sixty six in Episode three, Revenge of the Sith. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Which obviously Kanan doesn't know because yeah. he was scattered. Um, but yeah, so he doesn't feel qualified to train Ezra because he's not a true Jedi. He never became a Jedi Knight or a Jedi Master. Mm. So when he gets this, um, I forget how they find out, but there's um, there's like an underground- they send like a, a distress signal or something like that to go and rescue Luminara. Yeah, and they're like, he's like, wow, there was always rumors that she may have survived, and if that's the case, we need to go rescue her. She's being held in this, um, pri- this Imperial prison um, called the Spire, which is like this impenetrable fortress, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And then we hatch like sort of the opposite of the breakout mission. Now we're going to break into the prison mm-hmm. undetected. And there's some really cool like Jedi sneaky stuff that happens in this. Well, they established it. He, uh, Ezra's a sneaky boy. Yeah. Because he's uh, John McClane in it through all of the air ducts. Yeah, we've everywhere. seen him do that kind of stuff. But there's like a funny moment where like I love when the ghost like comes down on this like hovers above this landing pad and like Kanan like badass like jumps down somersaults takes out a guard perfectly silent and then Ezra gets so excited that he jumps out of the ship and just like (laughs) rolls the wrong way and smashes into the door and makes this loud noise. (laughs) But basically, like, I, I mean, we don't have to go beat by beat, but they make their way through this prison and they get into this like cell. And it's a trap. Luminar is dead, and the Inquisitor set it up, and he got him there to kill him. Well, yeah. I think there's different ways you could take this. What What did you think of the reveal of dead Luminara? Oh, I thought it was. Uh, I don't know I if I it was bait. No, I I sort of f- figured that that was going to happen because I I figured that he has to like his story arc is that he needs to get like self confidence mm. into training Ezra. So I kind of expected it. Obviously, I don't know the character because I never really watched Clone Wars. Um, but you don't need to. Everything's no. in the episode I meant just pretty well. What I'm getting at is sort of like the actual like nuts and bolts of how they accomplish that force vision. I took it as like that was actually like an echo of Luminara Unduli, like when she was alive and was like Oh, that's right. I forgot her, about like that. force ghost, but not to a level of like um she wasn't able to like self sustain or self actuate. So it mm-hmm. was just sort of like an echo of her. I kind of caught that too, yeah. And um, like maybe it was her way of like trying to have her body be found or something. Maybe. Um, but the Inquisitor shows up and he's like, even in death, she's serving her empire. Oh, okay. 
So that was like obviously like a well laid trap. Yeah. I thought he was being sarcastic. I, I think they were using this thing that she just like a weird natural thing of hers. They were using it like against okay. her basically. Um, I did like with, when the Inquisitor comes in and he has like uh, the battle mirrored the Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan versus Maul battle yeah. in episode one because it was the Jedi. But almost in reverse because he's right. chasing them. Yeah. And um, and he has that like really cool double bladed saber. Mm-hmm. But did you notice like they'll get more into the Inquisitors later, but he's not he's, he's not, not a Sith. Right. He, he doesn't have control of the force as well as they do. And he's just one of multiple, right? He's not like the Inquisitor. He's just an Inquisitor. Well, he's called the Inquisitor because he's the head of the Inquisitors. Oh, There's more of them, but he's the lead. Um, but you'll That's you'll why the out. president is actually called the American. Yes, exactly. He's, he's in charge of the uh, Americans. But no, so he's not as force talented. So he has that little shortcut lightsaber that spins. He's not doing that with the force. That's actually like part of the lightsaber hilt. Mm-hmm. So I, I thought that was cool. He's using like little... He's not a true Sith Lord, you know. He's like yeah. taking shortcuts. But yeah, I, I thought th- I thought the the ending of this episode was really cool. Just like that reveal, um, and also just having um, Kanan kind of grow into himself a little bit and have a little bit more self confidence into training Ezra. And I thought the bat the uh, the battle was pretty badass. And they took the extra step, which I really respect. Where a lot of these types of shows will show like Ezra's feelings being hurt by Kanan. And like you said, Jim, like he took it as being pawned off on another Jedi. Mm-hmm. They actually took a moment in the resolution of this episode to have a confrontation where he's like, you tried to get rid of me. And and Kanan like tells him like, no, I just wanted to make sure you got the best yeah. teaching you can. And then he's like, I'm not going to try to train you anymore, Ezra. And Ezra's like, what? Like he's sad again. Mm-hmm. And Kanan's like, because if I try, that means I'm allowing the possibility of failure. I'm not going to try to train you anymore. I'm going to train you. Oh, yeah. So it's, tricked, it's the do or do not. There is no try. Yep. Well, because Ezra was right. like, what does that mean? That makes no sense. So he's, this is his first lesson. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was really well done. Yeah. One of the better episodes we've watched. Yeah, I agree. Uh, episode six, I think is probably my favorite episode. Wow. That we it's watched. my worst. I thought we should really over it. Yeah. I wrote nothing for it. Oh, didn't I didn't like, like this, this episode at all. I thought that Dan should have picked episodes one through five and then seven. Because like I I didn't. It's a bit of a bottle episode, but Jim, why don't you tell us a little bit? About I, I it? wrote nothing. It was just about like stormtrooper training. I hated it. Okay, well you you play Jimmy for okay. this episode. <laughs> so this episode, Ezra is undercover playing as basically a uh, stormtrooper in training. Yeah, he's at the Imperial Academy. Yeah, and I I don't know for some reason I just thought this was really cool. We got to see an insider's look at what being like what the training is for being a stu- stormtrooper, and I think it's kind of crazy that like they're recruiting them this young. And there's some cool lore stuff. They don't talk about a lot, but the reason why he's in training is because he's trying to get his hands on a shipment of kyber crystals. Oh, yes, that's right. Which, if you're fans of Star Wars... That means uh, for the lightsabers, right? Right, but also the Empire uses kyber crystals to power the Death Star. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, like, this is all, like... As this series goes on, it becomes really tied in with Rogue One. Yeah, Mm. It does. I did notice the kyber crystal thing, which is cool. So um, uh, basically this entire episode is, um, like Dan said, that he's he's in training, but he's undercover trying to get these um, the kyber crystals. Um, and then all the rest of the crew are just basically waiting on him. Um, but I thought it was really cool just to see him, um, seeing him on this aspect of it too, and like 
how there are other there was another kid too that I don't think he wasn't undercover, but he kind of like turned him um to like helping him out towards the end of this episode. Yeah. I mean, I mean this that this did feel sort of like a filler episode, but I think I liked it more just because I don't know. There's just something about it that I liked. Yeah, and then at the end, like he makes friends with two of them, Jai and Zare, or Zara, I don't know how to pronounce it. Um, but they basically decide like um one of them, Jai, like breaks out with Ezra mm-hmm. and just like decides to go into hiding and Zare um stays and he's the one that said that his sister was with with the empire and like went missing so i just thought it was like they they shed a little light on like maybe like some other reasons why people might be in that imperial academy Mm -hmm. but yeah i don't think there's a ton to say there was a cool battle with um imperial walkers and and stuff like that i don't know i liked empire stuff i like empire stuff like it was cool to be on the inside because you're a bad boy yeah i'm a bad boy he's a sith (laughs) Jimmy Sith. Episode 7, Out of Darkness. So before we get into this episode, Dan had mentioned in the first half of our episode that he picked seven episodes, which is just a weird number to pick for review because like something important happens. No, I said the groundwork groundwork is laid. Right. So what groundwork? This was a bad episode. Total filler. Hated it. It wasn't total thriller because this it was is a episode. dumb monster of the week episode. There's like a mention of Mandalore with right? Sabine, but like, why does Sabine insist that. on going to the planet with Hera? Because she wants to find out more about Hera's contact. Who is supplying them with its information? Which is Fulcrum, right? Fulcrum. Yeah, Fulcrum. I wrote that down. That becomes very important. So, but it's not now, and it's not like. I don't know. It's. I wanted like to it, wet your whistle, Jeff. It didn't wet my whistle. I was just like, oh, this is just uh, whatever. It's a mystery. If it was something like a character we knew, I'd be like, oh, there's like a spoiler that, or not a spoiler, there's like there's like more that I need, but I don't give a shit about Fulcrum. It's also a return to a base that was used in the Clone Wars, which I guess you didn't remember, but that's a thing. I, I don't, I'm sorry. I don't remember every episode of Clone Wars, Dan. <laughs> Why are you so sorry. attacked? I just, I, I don't want <laughs> these last two episodes don't like him at all oh i thought it was good i mean i thought it was a waste the fulcrum and, like, thing becomes a big huge mystery that gets revealed in the season finale and it's amazing who it turns out to be okay but also i, I don't know actually so maybe i'm talking to maybe I'm not <laughs> but the point of our show is to like give you like solid stuff like here's why you should like it and then like for me it started out strong i was talking a lot these last two episodes i I don't need. Well, I wanted you to be like, oh, here's what I like it. And I'm really interested in finding out who Fulcrum but it's, is. But they didn't really make you interested in who it was. Like, if I continue to watch this, I'll probably find out and I'll probably be like, wow, that's great. But like, there's nothing in this episode that makes me excited to see who Fulcrum is. I for all see, I know, it's like, just a guy named Fulcrum because that's what I thought. I didn't know it was a code name for. Well, they're clear like distorting his voice or their voice. And like the other thing is. I think as far as writing wise, this episode steers away from, okay, the A storyline is them fighting monsters that are afraid of the yeah, sunlight. Okay, that's whatever. But the B storyline about, um, I just forgot her name. Sabine. Sabine and not whether she trusts Hera enough. That's a pretty grown up idea because she's not just following orders. These This isn't the Empire. Yeah, no. They're I, there because they want to be there. Yeah. But I just thought that was cool. And it comes down to this matter of trust. And Sabine's like, I can't tell you. Because if you got captured, I don't want you to be able to give any information away. Mm-hmm. I just thought it was well done. What did you think of this episode, Jim? I liked it. I, 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 
you yeah. and I are very different people. <laughs> Apparently. Um, I, I wouldn't say this was like the best episode. I was curious who Fulcrum was. I kind of figured that we might have figured it out this episode, but I guess not. Um, I was hoping that we would. Oh, they're playing um, the long game. Yeah, I, I sort of figured off of that. I mean, it was a fine episode. I, I liked it more than the first few. I, the only reason I included this is because, to me, this is the start of the the B series, like the backlog of this season. So everything up until this point has been, this is a group of people that runs around doing good deeds. Now we start to see that there's a greater rebellion, that they're getting information from someone. There's there's some sort of tactics. There's plans. And as the series goes along, that becomes what it's really about. So this starts to really change into a full-on like rebellion show. Mm-hmm. Like right now, we're dealing with this one cell. And I do want to take a minute, now that we've gone through the, the plotting of the episodes, what did you guys think of this rebel family, this this cell that we've been dealing with like as far as characters and stuff? Uh, this entire show, I would say, kind of feels to me like... Um, oh, now the name of the show is blanking the Joss Whedon show. That's like amazing. Firefly. 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 Yep. I uh, felt that too. It, it, it feels a lot like Firefly and I didn't think about it until literally right now. Um, the only problem I have with it is that the characters, uh, I don't know if I just wasn't paying attention a lot or you weren't. apparently, <laughs> um, everything felt really shallow to me. Um, mm. I don't know, maybe just because I was turned off because. I felt it was a little too kiddish um, as opposed to Clone Wars, which didn't. Um, I, I mean, I didn't watch a lot of Clone Wars. I've only seen a few episodes. But to me, this definitely feel, felt like it was aimed more towards like 12-year-olds. And and I think on the surface in the first few episodes, you could feel that way. But I think there's depth as you go. As it went along, I would agree it felt more and more coming into its own rather than hearkening back to Star Wars things that little kids know. It feels like... Um... They made this show to attract younger viewers, and then after a few episodes, and even further into later seasons, Dave Filoni was like, okay, I, I get to make a Star Wars show now. I don't have to just, like, cater yeah. to these little kids. Jeff, what did you think? I mean, you could talk overall about but I also want to focus on, like, the individual characters and I, stuff. I agree and disagree with both of you. I I disagree with that they started out as a kid show, I and then moved towards, like, adding more adult things. Well, I, I mean... Think, the- I think it always has been. I think from the very first opening scene talking about killing four sensitive uh children mm-hmm. yeah you have like okay it's a cartoon it sets it's a, a little silly but it's not it's not like other cartoons like i've i watch a lot of cartoons i like a lot of cartoons that are aimed towards children and this didn't seem like that it, it didn't speak down to children and it didn't try to impress adults it played it not safe but it did a great job. Right at, down the at, middle, sort of. Yeah, it, it's, it, it did what Doctor Who does. It's mm-hmm. an all-ages show. It yeah, has stuff for everybody. the original everybody. trilogy, too. Yeah. It's for kids and for adults. I wouldn't say the original trilogy is even more for kids, at least in the start. Um, mm. Yeah, I mean, but yeah, I, I do think that in the limited episodes that I've seen so far, they fleshed out a lot of these characters who we have no idea about. Usually in Star Wars, when we get new stuff, there's old characters there's old ideas that we're familiar with but yeah these are brand new people we know nothing about um and so far they've done a great job at at least giving us a little bit of backstory and showing them how they work together pretty well yeah i think the voice acting is really good too isn't kanan somebody famous yeah i didn't look at freddie prince jr he's actually really good i didn't know that um and 
I'm sure you guys have seen that video of him being interviewed about what Star Wars means and stuff. No. Oh, you no. gotta look it up. Um, it went viral. It's just him like on some podcast or something, and they ask him like, "What's the true meaning of Star Wars?" And he just goes on this three minute rant that's like amazing. Well, that's pretty cool. <laughs> um, so yeah, he's actually like a pretty big Star Wars nerd. But um, I guess like for my final push, unless you guys have o- any other overall thoughts you want to get into. No. Um, I, I will say that. I- me not talking a lot about it uh, throughout this entire show is not. I don't know. Why don't you ask the question and then? Yeah, I think it'll be easier to answer. Sure. That's why I don't okay, want to say so it. here's my last push. Everything that it sounds like you guys are into, I can only tell you there's going to be a lot more of it coming. So like this series, even more than Clone Wars, because Clone Wars, like Jeff said, dealt with existing characters primarily. Mm-hmm. This series the character development is like amazing like on par with some of the live action prestige shows that we like like we're gonna get way into i don't think this is spoiler to say but Hera is a twi'lek oh she is i hadn't noticed yes but her father her last name is sindula her mm. father is chaim sindula and he is, owns a delicatessen on houston street no no oh. he's the um resistance leader of the Twi'leks in Clone Wars. So there's like several episodes about her father. And so it goes way into her family dynamics, why she does what she does, her relationship with him. Um, they get way into Ezra's family. They get into um, the the history of Mandalore and how that affects, affects Sabine and why she chose to leave that culture. So that stuff is all coming. And it's just really well connected with the greater Star Wars world. But yeah, at this time... I'm a little nervous because I'm I I loved rewatching it personally. Like I'm gonna keep rewatching it. Jeff, Jimmy, did I talk you into Star Wars Rebels? Yes. yes. Oh. Wow. I, I want to hear from Jimmy. Jimmy, first. you're trying to fake us out here. Uh, for this show, I didn't retain a lot of it. I liked watching it just kind of like in the background. I was doing some editing while watching this. Well, there you go. You're listening to stuff while watching and <laughs> listening to stuff. Yeah. And you don't you wonder why you don't remember? <laughs> I, I only did that for like one or two episodes. Oh um it, it was like James, the middle two episodes. James, James come on. <laughs> so I'm not gonna watch this immediately. I'm putting this out on the back burner because there's a lot of stuff that I did like about it. The show did get increasingly better in my opinion. The first couple episodes has always been my problem with Star Wars things is that like Star Wars is like four things. It's like Even the Jedi, Empire. Well, yeah, that's why we like Star Wars. Yeah, I like that stuff about Star Wars too, but I feel like that's always, that's always everybody's big complaint see, is that it's just Skywalker stuff. It's I just Jedi see, stuff. It's not, there's no Skywalker stuff. I mean, there's no Skywalker stuff in I, here. But. I could see if you were like, hey, I like the pilot, the two-parter, and then I thought there was a couple stinkers. Because I could see that, but I thought the pilot in the you know the two parter yeah, was pretty great. strong. But I I could see what you're saying. You don't want to get into it right now. There's a lot on your plate. Yeah, that that that's sort of the big thing is that I, I don't think I gave this a fair enough shot. Obviously, this that reflects in this show. For some reason, I just couldn't retain a lot of it. Bad um, form, bad form, Jimmy. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. I'm awful <laughs> in this episode. But you no, know, you know the thing is, it's nice that it's um it's four seasons. It's self contained. You can go to it anytime. Yeah. And just enjoy it. Yeah, I, I'm interested in seeing where this goes. I'm interested to see what Fulcrum was. It has a really nice ending. Oh, that's good to know. I was afraid that it just got canceled or something. Oh, no. Okay, that's cool. That has an ending. Yes. What did you think? So while there were a couple stinkers, uh, two that I really didn't care for, 
I didn't hate them, but I didn't care for them. I understand that that's what happens in shows like this. I mean, Clone Wars had those sort of I'm monster gonna, I'm, of the I'm week. Gonna to poopy I'm going to get to that. I'm going to get to that. Dan, I'm going to get to it. Okay, get to it. Um, I understand that. It is it is made for children. Like, that's the target audience, right? I understand there has to be episodes like this, and I'm fine with it. But the good was very good. Um, the first two episodes, the episode of C-3PO and R2-D2, I thought was a great episode. Um, the Inquisitor, I'm very intrigued on that whole I'm so happy. Villain. I thought you were going to hate him. Um, I like the idea behind it. I, I, the Inquisitor? Yeah, he's yeah. not. He's, oh, he's like my favorite he aspect hasn't had that of the much show. Depth. Well, he has like um, a weird character design. I thought Jeff was going to criticize. Uh, but the, the reason why this is definitely yes for me, because I like the Clone Wars, right? It's yeah. a good show. But if you put the two side by side, the Clone Wars is more of an anthology, right? There's some good episodes in there. There's some bad ones. There's some episodes that go off in weird tangents. Yeah. There's some. There's a lot of weird stuff. And it's it's a... It's very reminiscent of the prequel trilogies. Well, just as far as editing, direction, just the the fast pacedness of it. And this series is focused on the characters who I've already said captured me. I'm intrigued by them. You already see character development. And this series follows one story, whereas Clone Wars is all over the place. Here's cool shit. Here's cool shit. Look at the flashing lights, sparkly, sparkly. Yeah, I mean, and I like that. Don't get me wrong. But if I like that, but I like the Rebels storytelling style better. I'm going to like Rebels. Yeah. And and the thing is, like, Clone Wars in its conceit was based on the old war reels that you yeah. would see, like, in World War II when you went to the movies. You'd get, like, a little snapshot of one battle. War breaks out and this happens. So, like like you said, this Rebels is much more of a through storyline. Yep. And they really take advantage. You get four seasons with these characters to learn about them. And like I said, the connections with Clone Wars really deepen the meaning if you're a fan of that show. Yeah, I really liked it. I'm very excited. I thought you were going to hate this. So because I liked it so much, next week I'm talking you guys into Star Wars Resistance. <laughs> I would. I wish I liked that. but I, I watched one episode and I, I had to turn it off. It was not great. Um, no, but next week, guys. Next week. is Christmas. It is. Oh, baby, it's Christmas all over. <laughs> so we're going to get in the holiday spirit, and I am going to talk you into a Christmas special. Ooh. From Jim Henson. Ooh. Love this Christmas special? Yeah, Dan, what do you think it is? Um, I don't know. Terminator Christmas? That would be so cool. Do they have that? Let's make oh, it. Wait, that's also not Jim Henson. No. Like. No, not at all. Uh, is it this uh, Sesame Street Christmas episode? Because I used to watch that all the time with Feliz Navidad. It is not, nor is it Muppets Christmas Carol, which is what I thought you were going to say. Um, but we need to work on our improv. Jimmy said Muppet Christmas. No, you said a Muppet Christmas special. I meant to say Christmas Carol. I'm sorry. Okay. Jeff, anyway. stop hating. This is awful. I'm, what is this, Jeff? Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas. I definitely didn't know that. <laughs> Spoiler alert, he knew it. Yeah, so we're just going to have a lighthearted, fun episode next week, guys. Oh, boy. That's I'm scared for this one. <laughs> it does sound very silly. <laughs> All right. You like bands? You like otters? Come on, man. Yeah, I like jugs. Am I right? <laughs> I mean, Jeff's an otter guy. In the meantime... Jeff, where can they find our podcast online? TalkMeInto.com, which you probably won't go to, so check it out on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Stitcher.com, which is an app also. You can find us on Twitter at TalkMeInto, Facebook, TalkMeInto, 
And that's pretty much it. You can find me on Instagram at Large Heart on Collider. I post some Talk Me Into stuff. I post some food. I post some Christmas ornaments that I got. And Jimmy, where can people find you on? And you're Instagram? on Twitter at Jeff with five F's two seven. Yeah, I don't say it every time. I was just I was well, just in a flow. I'm just putting it out there because you have a good tweet 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 world. J e f f f f f two seven. That's Jeff with five F's. The number twenty seven. Be one of my forty followers and one person that likes every sixth tweet of mine. Jimmy. Thanks. They can find me at Son of a Fitch, S-O-N-N-A-V-A-F-I-T-C-H. And I would like to make a correction. I said something very personal saying I don't really like Star Wars. I do really like Star no, Wars. I do don't it. I don't like a lot of the expanded, uh, universe. expanded universe stuff. Jimmy likes Star Wars movies. I, I consider do. the TV shows to be like in between Star Wars and expanded universe. Yeah. yeah, they're not as deep nerdy as I am where I like read the novels and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but yeah, you can find me Son of a Fitch. I already said it. Dan, where can people find you? I'm on the tweets at Danny underscore breakdown. And by the way, guys, thank you for listening to Talk Me Into. What will we talk you into next? Well, there ain't no hole in the wash tub. Oh, did, did they do fireworks? Naugatuck, the only way we have an economy is just celebrations. That's what our entire <laughs> economy is based on. They just throw a parade or a party for nothing. Yeah, that's what it is. I guarantee you. That's weird. I really hope that is fireworks. <laughs> that's not North Korea. Alexa. Drop in on mom, we'd be vaporized. Yeah. Don't worry. No, we wouldn't even know. We would just be dead. Cool. Yeah. If you were outside, you'd be like, what's that light? Hello? Are there bombs happening? No, there's a fireworks at the screen. Yeah, we're getting invaded. They're beautiful. Oh, cool. I forgot. It's over now. All right, it's over. Thanks. You need something over. When we finish recording. Tomorrow? Yeah, bye. Okay. Alexa, hang up. <laughs> that was all recording. Cool. All right, uh, Dan, you bring it in and talk about Rebels. We're not going to, if it's not going to download the time, we're not going to sit here for five hours watching a screen. Let's just record. Okay. Uh, don't talk to Jimmy that way. Jimmy, you fucking no good dodo bitch. This was all recording. Okay. Well, you have a lot of stuff to edit. I sure do. For outtakes. Check, check. <clears throat> Merry Christmas. I hope you enjoyed the episode, you dumbass dodo bitch. <laughs> Asterisks. All right, we're doing Star Worms. Star Worms. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm.